Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today we begin a new series, A's Gone By, a look at some former A's players and what they're doing now, starting with Rob Bowen, former A's catcher, has a whole new career and he'll tell us all about it coming up next. Always one of my favorites, a great talker, uh, one of the sharpest guys in the clubhouse during his brief time with the A's. Rob, welcome. Where are you now? Um, what can you tell us about where you're living and, and what you've been doing, uh, especially initially after you, you stopped playing? What year was that? Well, I appreciate it, Susan. Thanks for having me on. Um, I stopped in the spring of 2009. Um, gosh, it seems like ages ago now. Um, but uh, let's see. Uh, I lived in in Metro Atlanta when I was playing uh, with Oakland. And, of course, when I uh, got done there in 2009, I came back and, uh, of course, been uh, doing a, a little different type of uh, career since I retired. So what, when you first – we'll get to that in a second. But what did you first do after retirement? How long did it take you to realize maybe that your career was done? Do you feel like you kind of hung on for a little bit longer than maybe you'd, you'd planned? Or, or how did you approach all of that as things were kind of starting to wind down for you? Yeah, it was it was kind of hard. Um, <clears throat> you know, I had to I had to kind of sit back and ask myself a couple questions of some things I wanted to do and also some things I didn't want to do in my career. Um, you know, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go back in the minor leagues and not knowing if that would be ever go back up or not. Um, so, you know, I had to mull a couple of decisions with that. Um, and of course, you know, it kind of made it a little bit easier because I did have an idea of a, you know, a couple of things I wanted to do after baseball, um, which is typically it's one of the hardest things for players to do is actually find something else that they enjoy. Um, so of course I had some other passions um, after playing, which made things just a little bit easier when I retired. Okay, well, let's kind of go through that process for you. Um, you know, obviously, I know what you're doing now, um, but uh, explain kind of in a nutshell what you're doing now and, and also how you got to that point. Yeah, um, let's see. One of the things, even while I was playing, um, I've always been intrigued by law enforcement. Uh, I would always go do ride-alongs. I actually did a, um, a lot of stuff with Oakland Police Department um, and different places where I played. And actually, when I, when I had a condo in Florida, I would go um, – during the off season and stuff like that down there, I'd ride with them. So I really got a kind of a glance of uh, another passion that I had. It's actually one of, one of the things I didn't, if I wasn't going to be a good at baseball when I come out of high school, uh, was one of the things that I was leaning towards was the military law enforcement. Uh, so, you know, as my, as my time kind of progressed through baseball and, you know, this kind of abrupt, you know, end to my career kind of, kind of came to a head. I made a couple phone calls and, uh, you know, really wanted to learn a little bit more about it um, other than the you know just a ride along stuff was uh, going on so I talked to a couple more people um, and then really made the decision that I was gonna that I was gonna do it you know pursue that passion I had for law enforcement and uh, become a uh, police officer in Metro Atlanta. So what what was the process like did you go to police academy how long was that um, did did people know who you were did they did they know you had a baseball background? Um, a couple people did. That's why I like to live in, um, in Metro land. Not a lot of people knew me. Well, um, if you look at my baseball card in the, in my staff, there's not a lot of people that do know me. So that's always a good thing. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, now when, uh, when I got hired on, I actually started with a Henry County police department. They're the ones who uh, hired me and that's actually the county I lived in. 
Um, I went to a um, just about 11-week um, basic police academy. Um, so, you know, I kind of covered the gamut on becoming just a basic mandated police officer here in Georgia. Um, and, of course, once I finished that, I went to a uh, just about a 12-week, what we call a field FTO, a field training officer program, um, where it's basically – taking everything that you learned from the academy um, and put it on the street and you have a, uh, a field training officer that kind of looks over you and makes sure that uh, you're doing things correct um, and whatnot. Wow. So you, were you actually out working essentially a police beat for a while? Yeah. Um, and uh, one thing about the academy, um, I've, uh, I guess my competitive juices kind of flowed, <laughs> is I won all three awards that were uh, – that they actually have through the police academy. So I got the uh, top gun shooter. Um, I scored the highest percentage in firearms uh, through my academy class with a, it was a 97.3. Uh, the second one, which I was most proud of, is I actually got the uh, academic achievement award. Uh, I was in there. I actually got a, I think it was a 98.7% um, that I that I pa- um, scored on the of all overall of the test, including. Actually got a uh, perfect hundred percent on the uh, on the final um, wow. in the academy. So that was that was probably my most proud moment because um, it's been a while since I've been in school. So <laughs> so I really like that one. And then the third one was the overall cadet award um, that I won that one too. So um, I guess you can say um, you know being in athletics for as long as I have and you know, being competitive, uh, obviously my juices flow um, through that. You know, always want to be the best person I can be. So. Um, so that was kind of fun, um, you know, wrapping up with the academy there, and then going on to the, uh, going on the street um, with that FTO program is actually you do work a beat, uh, so you go out there and answer calls. You have uh, your portion of the county which uh, which you respond to. So um, that was, uh, and especially being in the metro Atlanta, uh, if anybody uh, knows about some parts of Oakland, it can get pretty busy. Uh, same with Atlanta. I uh, did some uh, interesting stuff in just the first uh, six weeks while I was on FTO. Wow. Any, any good stories from that period? Probably anything that you could share with us, maybe in general terms? Yeah, I'll keep, um, I guess I'll keep some of the details out of it and you can kind of fill in the blanks on some, but uh, let's see, my my third day of working, uh, we we're actually working a roadblock um, and we had, I think our roadblock was going on for probably about 45 minutes to an hour when all of a sudden we had a driver um, actually drive through a roadblock at about 80 miles an hour. Um, that uh, pursuit ensued um, from there. We did a, I think the pursuit ended up to be around 13 or 14 miles. This is around 1230 at night. <clears throat> Let's see, I think speeds and uh, got up to about 130, 135 miles an hour um, there. Fortunately, there wasn't a lot of traffic at night um, to where we were, but uh, two lane highway and, uh, and kind of going out into rural Georgia, where up the part of that county that we were in. Um, got pretty uh, got pretty hairy after looking at the video, um, but she actually actually wrecked out an intersection, went up, went up a guide wire. Unfortunately, she hit the guide wire up. She would have hit a uh, telephone pole. Um, so nothing happened to her um, except for going to jail for uh, for obviously a uh, numerous amount of fences. <laughs> wow, uh, listeners, but, uh, that was follow law oh, enforcement God. instructions, please. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was only three days on my job. Um, about less than a week later, um, got my first foot chase um, off of trying to identify somebody off of an armed robbery. Uh, my FTO found out that um, even if I was 6'3", 230 pounds, I was actually pretty fast for a big guy. 
for a catcher. Uh, so I chase, chase down, yeah, and a catcher. <laughs> so, so I chased down a uh, suspect there uh, and uh, actually worked a worked a murder um, in my first within my first six weeks of uh, of employment with the with the police department there. So I've uh, seen a and of course. You know, it's been 10 years now, but uh, but there's been a uh, a lot of things that I've seen that, um, you know, kind of really get you to understand that uh, it's not everything is, is what it seems sometimes in life. Yeah, yeah, you've probably seen all sorts of stuff that uh, most of us luckily never have to see at all. Uh, now, yeah, you have definitely. kind of gone into a specialty now, right? You've, you're, you work with a canine unit. How did that start and, and why? Yeah, I've uh, actually, let's see, because I've been in law enforcement now since uh, 2010 is when I officially started. Uh, so I was with uh, Henry County Police Department for almost three years. Um, and then uh, actually went down south. I lived down in um, in Macon, Georgia area now. Macon, Georgia area now. Uh, and I worked for the Dooley County Sheriff's Office. Um, but when I actually got into the canine units, when I was still working with the Henry County Police Department, so I actually got my first dog um, working with them, where I had a uh, dual-purpose Belgian Malinois, which I, uh, basically what a dual-purpose um, Malinois is, is a Belgian Malinois is a breed. It's the, the breed that you hear on TV with the, with the military, with the special operation units and all that. <clears throat> is, uh, a dual-purpose is he was certified in uh, narcotic detection, uh, which he can do uh, drug work. Uh, and then he's also certified in patrol work, which is uh, tracking for suspects and for missing people, and also for the patrol work where you can actually go and apprehend somebody or uh, what a lot of people call it, um, bite a suspect. Uh, so he's uh, he's a, a very, very um, capable uh, partner. Wow. That's amazing. What's his name? <clears throat> um, my first dog that I had uh, was Jester. Uh, he was my first dog. And then when I, uh, when I ended up coming down here, um, I worked for three departments. I worked for Henry County. Um, I worked for Dodge County Sheriff's Office for a little while, and then now I'm currently at Dooley County Sheriff's Office. Uh, so my second dog that I got, um, his name is Buddha. I've had him along. He's actually retired now. Um, he's actually sitting right here next to me. Oh. Um, I had him for uh, just about five years before I retired him, and he's also a dual-purpose dog um, that he's um, – he was all, also certified in the same things with narcotic detection, track, and patrol work. Um, and then my third dog that I have, who, I, who I'm currently working now, um, is Canine Reb. And Reb is a uh, Reb's a special dog. He is a uh, he is our actually our bomb dog, our explosive detection canine. Uh, so I kind of uh, switched over um, to the explosive detection side with him after I retired Buddha. Uh, Reb is from the U.S. Army. And he was actually uh, assigned to the Ranger Battalion. He was a special operations canine um, in the military. Has uh, multiple deployments in Afghanistan. Actually had a uh, quite a few um, bomb finds over there. And he was also a dual-purpose canine over there. So he was uh, one of the dogs that actually did the same thing as you see the uh, Navy SEAL dogs doing over in, uh, overseas. That's so impressive. So do they – I mean, these are going to be some sort of clueless questions. Um, but do they – when they are still working dogs, do they come home with you at night? Do you, are you responsible for all their care? How does that work? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've got, uh, like I said, I've got Buddha. He's laying on the, uh, laying on the floor next to me and I've got Reb. Reb's in his kennel outside. So actually both of them are at my house right now. Oh my gosh. And they are, like I said, you know, they're a, a lot of people call them a tool, but they're more than a tool. They're a tool and my partner. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they come home with me, we build that bond. 
Um, and at home, they're just dogs. You know, you would never know that these dogs are uh, police canines that can do all these crazy things. They can go search for people. They can go inside buildings and actually find people hiding, um, apprehend them themselves, and actually pull them out. Um, they can do... <laughs> Uh, the more I get into this and, you know, just get around it, and also I help teach uh, canine classes now, um, these dogs are amazing creatures. And, you know, they when they're at the house, they're just a house pet. But, uh, you know, as soon as they get back in that patrol car, they see my uniform go on. Um, you know, they know when it's time to go to work, too. Oh, wow. So they basically got, like, probably like most of us, they've got different personalities and work in it at home. They can have fun and relax at home and when it's job oh, time. Yeah. They're, they're serious. <laughs> yeah, that's how uh, that's how Buddha. You know, Buddha. Of course, you know, Buddha's ten years old now. Um, so you know, like I said, he retired um, about last uh, around October. Uh, last October of last year is when he retired. So he's been retired for a few months now, enjoying the retire life, and sleeps a lot, and walks goes on walks every now and then. And sometimes I'll take him for a ride, and uh, you know, let him back back up patrol car because I do have a. Uh, I've got a Tahoe that's got a, uh, a kennel in the back that's actually divided into two kennels, so I can actually put two dogs in the back. Um, so every once in a while, he'll kind of come to work just to have a little bit of fun, just kind of sit there and ride. Um, and, of course, Reb uh, is still working. He's eight years old now, so he's uh, he's on the tail end of his career. Uh, where he's, he's only doing bomb detection work for us now. He's not doing any apprehension or tracking stuff now. So, uh, so he's kind of, you know, towards the end of his career also. We'll be right back with more with Rob Bowen in just a moment. Those are pretty intense assignments there, Rob. How, how do you kind of deal with that personally? Things like bomb, bomb detection and, I mean, all of it is potentially kind of dangerous work. Yeah, it's um, some of it can get a little bit of nerve-wracking, especially doing the dual-purpose side, you know, because... You know, we do go track um, suspects, fleeing suspects that are running the woods and buildings and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, having that trust in that dog. Of course, the training that we do. Um, also, you know, just to add on top of things, <laughs> things that I do, I'm actually assigned to our special response team, or some people know as a SWAT team, uh, that we have a four-county-wide SWAT team that I'm attached to along with that. So uh, so there's, there's a lot more training that's involved. Uh, you know, with these dogs and with us, as far as the team goes, as we as we look for people. So we are um, every so often we do get put in some situations that uh, often when you get done, you think about it as like mm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But uh, but obviously, you know, we we have a duty when we go out there. Absolutely, yeah. It's just, I mean, you have in my mind the most interesting post baseball career of pretty much anybody I know. It's so completely different, but. I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, there are some similarities. It's athletic. Uh, it is competitive to some extent. There's a lot of teamwork. Uh, are there other crossovers, particularly being a catcher? Catchers always fascinate me. I, I'm not surprised that you did so well in the academic portion of your exams because you, you guys have to know the scouting reports. You have to memorize an awful lot of mm-hmm. things as catchers. So do you do you see much crossover? You know, it's, it's actually funny you say that because, um, you know, when I went through the interview process of, of the police, you know, the police academy's agencies, you know, people ask, you know, why are you fit for, for police work and police duty? And, uh, that's always the thing I say is there's a lot of correlation between baseball or athletics in general going into uh, the police work, obviously, you know, high activity level, uh, you've got to be in shape, you know, running, um, fighting your cardiovascular shape and everything. But, uh, the other one too is, is the Intel part is understanding situations, um, knowing how to stay calm in a hectic situation, you know, going up, 
going up to bat late in the game, um, you know, trying to do a job. You know, the more information that you have about that pitcher, about that situation, about those outs, you can you can be calmer in a situation and not let the situation get to you. Um, you know, people people often call that pressure, uh, which police work is the same thing. It's it just in a different context a little bit, but um, it's before you go into that situation is you try to gather as much intel as you can, um, all the training that you've done um, beforehand, so that way when you get in the moment, the moment doesn't overtake you, you take over the moment. Um, so that's actually a lot of the things I talk about. Um, with newer police officers coming in and also um, doing interviews, um, as I was going through employment with the uh, with different agencies, um, you know, because that's, uh, you know, some of the things I like to hear is we get put in a lot of, you know, I guess we'll say predicaments um, out there in law enforcement and how you handle that situation is determined upon, you know, how well you handle pressure. Um, so that's where, uh, like I said, I always lean back to the baseball part is, uh, you know, the more information and the more that you study, the more you prepare, the more you train, uh, the better you're going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I, I'm imagining you're probably very much in demand for uh, like police softball tournaments. Is that true? People like... <laughs> I've I've been asked to do a couple, um, but I always go back. I was like, you know, I retired for a reason. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, I've been I've been recruited for quite a few teams, uh, but uh, I think I've only played maybe a couple softball games. Um, and I just, I don't, my body, my body can't take all that stuff. And, you know, I, I'll squat and I, you know, like I said, I still do lessons on the side, baseball lessons with, with some kids every once in a while, um, with, you know, with my company that I have and, you know, go and talk to kids and, you know, I try to go swing and catch a little bit, but after about 10 minutes, you know, my body starts stiffening up and I'm remembering that, um, I'm not 25 anymore. I'm 39. So <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of wear and tear on catcher's bodies too. It's, uh. I don't think yeah. people kind of understand what catcher's bodies are knees, like 20 years later. My knees have been good. It's my, my hips and my back are what gives me the problems uh, most now. So, uh, of course, stretching, yoga. Uh, obviously, I still work out quite a bit um, and run a little bit. So that does keep me, you know, in pretty good shape for being uh, 39 years old. Where do you see your uh, law enforcement career going from here? Uh I, I really, really enjoy what I'm doing now. You know, like I guess I've found um, a segment in law enforcement that I like. You know, I like the canine world, the, the SWAT world. Um, and actually, um, you know, I do some executive protection on the side. I work for a security company um, and actually do some uh, executive protection and driving for uh, Fortune 500 companies and some very, very well-known politicians that come to Atlanta and, and kind of travel around the country a little bit, too, with them. Uh, so I, I really enjoy that type of work. Um, you know, some of that private side going into, into there maybe in the future. Um, but for right now, I, I love working for the, uh, for the sheriff's office that I'm at, you know, uh, Sheriff Peavy, uh, Craig Peavy is our sheriff. He is by far the, the best man I've worked for so far in law enforcement. Um, he will, he will do anything for you. Um, so, you know, that's where it's, it's so enjoyable and, you know, a lot of people, always talk about, you know, how much of a pain it is to go to work. And, you know, I always hear the word grind um, when they have to go to work. But, um, you know, I never feel like I'm working a lot because I actually enjoy going and enjoy doing these things. And, um, you know, we, we work the interstate most of the time because uh, we have Interstate 75 going through our county. So they, my day-to-day -day job, um, along with all that other stuff, 
um, that I do with the specialty stuff is we work interstate interdiction and um, a traffic unit. So we uh, we actually get to do some fun things and I mean, we find a lot of crazy stuff on the interstate too, as far as narcotics and money and all sorts of fun stuff. Oh so. my goodness! Uh, now, how, obviously, right now, first responders are, are very much sort of in the spotlight with what's going on with the coronavirus <clears throat> outbreak. How does that change mm-hmm. anything for you and your duties? Do you have to take extra precautions? How are you guys handling that? Yeah, um, we're just like every other agency out there. We have uh, we have almost come to a complete standstill on as far as what we're doing, being proactive um, as far as you know traffic stops and everything is. We're we're still out there, um, but we do limit our exposure to the public uh, because of what's going on. Um, like I say, everybody's still safe, um, but we're just not doing as much proactive stuff because we're we're trying our best not to get infected. Also, because in the event some situation does happen, obviously you need first responders to show up. So, uh, you know, we are, we are taking precautions as far as gloves and masks and hand sanitizer and sprays, uh, try to disinfect everything when we do come in contact with people. Because uh, unfortunately with this, with this virus outbreak, um, you just don't know. So uh, we do have to try to take as many precautions as we can. Good. That's sensible. Now, um, looking back at your A's days, uh, do you stay in touch with uh, many of your former A's teammates at all? Yeah, every once in a while. um, You know, we'll throw a phone call here and there, uh, talk to some people. And, of course, social media is a great place to always catch up on, kind of see what people are doing nowadays. Um, And that's usually kind of the best way that I I like doing it because it's so hard to call people and to get in touch, everybody's schedules are different and time zones and all that kind of fun because everybody lives around the country now. Um, so that's usually the best way that I always catch up and kind of see what people are doing. So you, you haven't had to pull over any former teammates or anything like that or um, arrest Actually, thank, thank goodness, no. I've come across uh, I've come across one scout, though. Um, so it's actually I'm talking to him, and uh, he actually remembered who I was. Uh, which I was surprised, but he got he got a warning for remembering me though. <laughs> oh, that's good. So anyone, if Rob ever pulls you over, just pretend you remember who he was from his playing days. You might get a pass. Yeah, if you're if you're riding if you're riding I seventy five through du- for through Dooley County, which is in between Macon and uh, Chris County and uh, Valdosta and all that area right through there. Uh, if you get pulled over by a black and white car with Julie County, just mention my name. And yeah, maybe I'll be able to get you out of it. We'll see. Yeah, maybe carry Rob's baseball card with you or something like that. That would that might work. Um, there you go. There you go. Now, do you still follow the A's at all? Do you have a sort of a soft spot in your in your heart for the A's and your other former teams? Yeah, I'll, of all the teams I play, you know, because I played on a, a quite a few teams, so you know, I always try to catch up and kind of see how how everyone's doing. Um, you know, I don't, I don't follow it as much as I did when I played, uh, just because I have so much stuff going on. And uh, but I do stay somewhat close because uh, some of the lessons that I do and some of the speaking engagements that I'll do with with my company. Um, so I, I do catch in every once in a while. But uh, wish I could keep up a little bit more. But uh, just what, just what my schedule allows, I I try. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so many of the execs and uh, support staff from when you were there are still there. You know, Mickey and Voose and Billy and mm-hmm. David, and uh, not a lot of turnover in the among the the kind of old reliables there. So I know I know if yeah, you show up at say the Braves, if the A's do make it there this year, then uh, there would be a lot of people that remember you. Yeah, and that's where usually why why I catch people is when they come into Atlanta. Uh, I've seen some of the some of the guys when they played through here. Um, so it's always it's always fun catching up and. I don't know how it is, you know, it's, I've been away from the game for, oh gosh, 10 years now, almost, I think, yeah, right around 10 years, and 
And it seems like just yesterday when, when I see people to feel it's like we haven't even been apart. Um, so, you know, that's the, of course, that's the bond that, uh, you know, baseball players have and staff have because you're around every day. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like a family. And, you know, it's actually when people always ask me, what do you miss most about baseball? And, uh, I always talk about the relationships, you know, teammates and staff, um, that you're with because, you know, they're family. Um, you know, we've been, we're around them more than our own family. So, uh, so I can say that's the, that's what I miss most is, is the people. What are your favorite memories from your times with the A's? Either, either catching a game or anything you did offensively, which may, may be a little Interview, unlikely. Interviews by you. Interviews by you. That's what I'm Probably, most. yeah. That's that makes sense. <laughs> you are a very good talker, but I'm sure you you had some you had some good moments with the A's for sure. Yeah, no. Um, like I said, you know, coming over, you know, one of the things that I always look back, you know, personally as far as my career is the you know hitting a home run from each side of the plate. Um, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, that I always hold. Um, you know, coming over, working with Kurt, you know, seeing uh, Suzuki have the career that he had, um, you know, it's always fun watching guys like that um, succeed and have successful careers. And obviously being, uh, you know, he's a, a big influence on every team that he's been. Uh, so, you know, it's just fun watching guys, you know, continue on to succeed that you played with. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, remember, if you're in the Macon area um, and you're – you got a little bit of a heavy foot on the gas. Kind of ease up if you happen to see Rob Bone driving around. Rob, thanks so much for joining us on A's Plus and con- continued success in your second career and very interesting career. Thanks for joining us. Susan, I very, very appreciate it. Thank you. Our thanks again to Rob Bowen for joining us on A's Plus. Henry Schulman and I will be back later this week with a combo giant splash and A's Plus podcast for you. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. Thanks so much for listening. A's Plus is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support A's Plus and all of the Chronicle's journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.